Jewish families, even if you perceive someone as Egypt, but they still gave you a home, they still gave you what they gave you, and we need to find gratitude for that. You are listening to The JP Show, where we discuss the issues you care about from a Jewish perspective. I am Rabbi G. I am Rabbi Levy. And we hope you enjoy this episode. It's great to be back on the JP show. It's a new binner term. We've taken a bit of a break. But now, hopefully, we're going to have a smooth run of posting again each week for a while until we take another short break. Unfortunately, Rabbi Levy is not with me today. He's a little bit under the weather. He'll be back soon. But um, we wanted to get it started, so I am just going to use the time today to share with you a what I believe is an important thought. And I'm sharing this thought particularly because in the Jewish calendar, we're now in the time of the nine days leading up to Tisha B'Av, which is the day where we mourn the destruction of both temples that stood in Jerusalem, which gave way to many other tragedies and oppression and persecution that took place throughout the ages. And our sages tell us that the second temple particularly was destroyed because of the sin of hatred, baseless hatred, sinat chinam. Therefore, our mentors tell us that this time of the year particularly is a time to reflect on division. It's time to reflect on connection, on enhancing our connection with others, on enhancing our sense of unity and oneness with other people. And there's so many ways to do that, and there's so many aspects of creating more unity and more love and more brotherhood and more connection with other people, our friends, our neighbors, our relatives, near and far. And one of those ways, and I want to reflect on that today, is gratitude, the concept of gratitude. Now, we know, just to revisit the general idea of gratitude, we know how powerful gratitude is. Today, in modern literature, they talk about gratitude having a profound effect on physical well-being, spiritual well-being, emotional well-being. People talk about keeping gratitude journals. So much is written in positive psychology about that. In Jewish tradition, of course, this is very powerful. We know that we start the day with gratitude. We get up in the morning with the prayer of Modeani, just thanking God for being alive. Gratitude, we know, also gives us the ability not to take things for granted. It takes away entitlement, it takes away hatred, it takes away jealousy, because we know we're happy with what we have, we're grateful. And that's why in the Jewish prayer book, one of the most powerful things is that is that um, prayers, we say at the beginning of the day, after Madiani, there's something called Birchot HaShachar, the morning blessings, where we thank God for the simplest of things, for the clothes we have to wear, for the ability to walk, the ability to see, and so on and so forth. Because we shouldn't take these things for granted. Every one of these things is a gift from God. And if we can do them, we're grateful. So it's about training ourselves to become more mindful, to, to be a person that looks at the positive, looks at the good. Because we know gratitude is, of course, great for the person who we're thanking, but it's also very important for the person that is giving the thanks. We need to not just show gratitude once in a while, but we have to become, we have to have a grateful, a gratitude mindset. And one of the famous ideas that express this is uh, in Egypt, when God wanted to take the Jewish people out of Egypt, and he um, asked Moses to administer the ten plagues. And the first plague was the plague of blood. And what they needed was, it needed a special staff. There was like a special staff that Moses and Aaron, his brother, had. And Moses was supposed to take the staff and hit the river Nile, and then all the water was going to turn to blood. 
And God tells Moses, no, you don't hit the river Nile. Let Aaron, let your brother do it. And the reason is because Moses had to be grateful to the river. Because when he was a baby and he was born during the time when Pharaoh had made a decree to throw the baby boys into the river Nile and drown them, his mother had given birth to him. And it's a long story, but the crux of the story is that his mother took him when he was an infant, put him in a basket and hid him in the reeds of the river Nile where eventually the daughter of Pharaoh found him and actually saved him and so on. So the river protected Moses and it wouldn't be nice for him to hit the river. Now, of course, the last time I checked, rivers don't have feelings. But it's not the point. The point is we have to train ourselves with sensitivity. And it wouldn't be good for Moses to show that lack of sensitivity to the river by hitting it, by smiting it. And therefore, I'm not sure if the river appreciated it or not, but the bottom line is that he as a person building up a gratitude mindset could not be the one to smite the river so these are all these are different aspects of gratitude and the power of gratitude and the benefits that it brings and it's so amazing and every time we find in literature modern in modern literature modern psychological literature or self-help books about healing healing from trauma healing from toxicity healing from unhealthy emotions different forms of healing for different um, pathologies and different sort of uh, no, toxic or negative experiences that we have. One of the components of healing is always gratitude. You'll notice it's always gratitude because gratitude is the basis of so much good. But I want to point, point an unbelievable idea of gratitude about showing gratitude even when it's so hard. And let me share with you an insight it's a, just a philosophical insight, but nevertheless, I want to translate it for you into modern context, into relevancy in our own lives. When Jews left Egypt, going back to that story, the Torah tells us that the Jew left Hamushim. There's many translations. One of the translations of that word is they left with arms. They took arms from Egypt. They were fully equipped with ammunition and arms. Which gives rise to an interesting question which is talked about and discussed by the Khatam Sofer, the great Hungarian sage who lived over 100 years ago in Hungary. More, like 150 years ago. And he asked the following question. We know that when the Jews came to the sea, the Red Sea, and they were trapped by the sea, there was another route, actually, for them to go, but, but they were trapped mainly because there was a sea in front of them, and behind them, the Egyptian army had reconsidered and was pursuing them, pursuing them in a very strong way. So they panicked. And in fact, the Midrash tells us there were four opinions about what to do. Some said, let's jump into the ocean and end it all, commit suicide. The others say, said, no, let's, let's pray. The others said, let's fight. The others said, let's surrender. And God said, in essence, they're all wrong because we have a, a goal, we have a mission. They're supposed to be on the way to Har Sinai, to the mountain of Sinai. Just tell them to keep, to keep moving. And with regard to fighting back, God said a very interesting thing. He said, Hashem lachem lachem, God is going to fight for you. And you just be silent. Do not fight back. And the Khatam Sefer, quoting other commentaries, asked the following question. Why shouldn't they fight back? They had arms. They were skilled. And if you're going to tell me, he says, 
that it's because they were a very infant nation that didn't know how to t- that didn't know how to use the arms, they didn't know what to do. We a few weeks later they were attacked by the nation of Amalek, and God said, "Go fight, pick men from each tribe and go fight." Of course, God will help. Prayer will be necessary, and all of that. But go fight. So why couldn't they fight this time? Why didn't they just turn around and fight the Egyptians off? Of course, with prayer and with help of God and. Maybe they needed a miracle, but they could have still fought. They could have contributed to the effort. And he says the most amazing thing. Because we find in the Torah that there's some level of gratitude you have to have for the Egyptians. Now, remember, this is a nation that persecuted us for 210 years. We were slaves. We were their slaves. We were their slaves, but the Talmud tells us we were slaves, but yet we had where to live. They gave us a home in the beginning. They gave us a home and we needed one. We got stuck there. They turned on us. They made us slaves, but they still gave us a home. They still gave us a home. And therefore, it wouldn't be correct, says God, to turn around and to kill them. They died at the end. God split the sea and then closed the sea onto the Egyptians and they drowned. But, but it wouldn't be right for the Jews to be the ones to kill them. Because there's a certain gratitude that you have to have when someone gave you a home. Even though they turned on you afterwards, but they gave you a home. Now there's a nice insight. What does it have to do with us? So here's where I think this is such an important and fundamental concept. We often have situations and experiences where someone gave us good and then it soured. The relationship soured. And particularly in our world, we live in a sort of a cancel culture sort of experience. We kind of forget any good that anyone has ever done for us. And maybe we need to move on for the relationship, but we turn against them. We hate them. There's nothing good about them. We, we slander them. We ruin their reputation. We, we dismantle them. And nothing good comes of it. So let's give a couple of examples. There could be a situation where someone was looking for a job and got their first job from someone. And then it soured later on and, and people needed to move on and, and legitimately. So it's time to you know, say goodbye. This is not for me. It's not the environment I want. It's not the relationship I want. It's not the job I want. And I go on to do other things. But it doesn't mean we have to turn our backs on that person completely. Let's remember they gave us our first job. So we can still have the respect. We can still show gratitude. We don't have to be their friend. Maybe we feel that they wronged us afterwards. Maybe they even turned on us afterwards. But they still gave us our first job. We find this... With, with relationships. You know, often I've had people speak to me, and unfortunately it's a trend in modern therapy sometimes, which is not in line with Jewish values, where people um, go through a process of, of strengthening, of resilience, of healing, whatever the case is, and discover that, you know, the parenting of their parents was, was, they grew up in a home that was tense, and maybe it was not as loving as it should have been. Maybe there wasn't as much attachment and connection that there should have been and so on. And this is a problem and it may be a legitimate problem. You know, every parent tries their best and often it just doesn't, they can't do it, they mean well. But then they turn against them and they say, well, for their healing, they have to actually bring that relationship to a complete end because it's too confronting. Or maybe there's lack of boundaries and, and, and the mother or the mother-in-law is just too in their face and driving them crazy and so on and so forth. I've had these discussions with many people and the, the tendency sometimes is, well, I, I just can't, I, for my own health, my own mental health, my own emotional health, I've just got to, I've got to end this relationship. 
Now, there might be real issues there, and there might be a need for real boundaries. That is true, but doesn't mean you have to end it after all. They might be, an, even if you come to the conclusion, they might be in Egypt in your life, but they gave birth to you, they gave you shelter, they gave you food, they brought you up, made many mistakes, but they tried their best. They still are responsible for who you are. Yes, you need to move to the next stage. Maybe you need to go through a process of healing. But cutting them off, turning against them, just dragging them through the mud, that's not a Jewish value. You know, unfortunately, this is even the case sometimes when marriages come to an end and it's very, very hurtful, it's very painful where, where, when, when that happens. But sometimes we turn on each other so badly and there's children in the mix and we don't do what's right for them, we do what's on our emotional heart, the hate, the resentment, the toxicity. Relationships sometimes need to come to an end. It's painful and sad, but it does need to happen sometimes. It doesn't need to happen with complete hate and resentment and, and, and poisonous, toxic disrespect. At the end of the day, if two people are married and give birth to children, those children are still, that, that ex-spouse is still the parent of your children. They're still responsible for your children. And therefore there needs to be some level of respect at a distance with boundaries, but some level of respect to make a healthier situation. So there's another aspect of, of gratitude which the Torah, from Jewish point of view, we're expected to have where we recognize no one is completely bad, except for very, very rare, extreme, extreme cases. But for the most part, no one is completely bad. There's always some good there. We have to have gratitude for that good. Even when we have we perceive another person to be a Mitzrayim in Egypt that has brought upon us, that has turned upon us, there's some level of gratitude we still have to have so it doesn't become completely poisonous and toxic. And I think this would, if we internalize this message, this would go such a long way to bringing people closer. Not to be good friends or very close, but just more calmness in the world, less anger, less resentment, less pain. If we at least we're able to recognize the good that is in people who we dislike, if we were able to have gratitude even when it's so difficult. And going back to the period of the Jewish of the Jewish calendar we're in now is this idea of being able to connect, to bring more connection to people and to show gratitude to each other, which is a means of connection, but even to do it when it's difficult. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to The JP Show. For questions, comments, and feedback, please email rabbig at bina, B-I-N-A, dot com, dot A-U. See you next time.